Hey everyone, it's Michael. This is normally the part where I'd be saying, Welcome to Boca de Gallo, the spiciest anime podcast on the internet. But I'm not going to do that today. Today, we're going to do something a little different. I'm just here by myself, in my car, if you can tell by the road noise. Sipping on a smart water. I know, useful details. And I thought I'd just try something a little different. This will be a segment that's probably a little more freeform than Boca de Gallo is. I just thought I'd talk with y'all as I'm puttering around Mankato, doing some chores, picking up some things from the store, some Neutrogena face wipes, and some notebooks and stuff. Face wipes aren't for me, they're for my fiance. And I thought that we could have this time to talk about some stuff. A little more freeform. A lot more rambly, so if that's not your thing, I won't hold it against you if you turn off the show. But, anyways, what I was kind of thinking about is what makes an anime an anime? Like, if I were to close my eyes and someone were to put on a program of some kind, a movie or a TV show or an anime, in English, obviously, could I tell that it's an anime if I just, like, cut to the middle of it and then just started hearing random pieces of dialogue? And I'd love to try that sometime, but I do think I actually could. Because... I think there are things about an anime that make it an anime, and very distinctive. Which leads me to a second question. Can, can all media possibly be expressed as anime? Which is a dumb way to put it, because it probably all can't be, there's some things I don't know if the works of Dostoevsky would translate super well into a high school slice of life drama. But the example I was specifically thinking about as a case study was kind of one of the quintessential Western stories. N- no, not not King Arthur. I was thinking Harry Potter. Although You probably will get sick of me mentioning Arthurian legend by the time I'm done with this. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the... I was thinking, could Harry Potter actually make a good anime? It... It is a very Western idea, but I don't know if that's immediately a point against it. Western ideas can be conveyed through anime, despite it being a very Eastern form. What I mean by that is... They're very different methods of storytelling in Eastern versus Western. And yes, yes, I know. 
there are plenty of anime made outside of Japan. And outside of the East, as a matter of fact. Uh, U.S. anime is starting to creep up, make a little bit of a market. But, in general, we typically think of anime as being Eastern. With very Eastern storytelling influences. Which derive from Eastern philosophies. Such as the balance of yin versus yang. Coming together as a whole instead of promoting individuality. Stuff like that. The, uh, the many combined to create more of a whole. You know what I mean, you know what I mean. And then we have Western, which focuses... Which has a lot of individualism in it. I think that's one of the main characteristics of Western storytelling. Individualism. Which you can see in Harry Potter. You have the chosen one the one destined to defeat Voldemort even even the magic if you break it down it's a very western version of magic as opposed to eastern spiritualism I mean one of their one of the greatest awards in Harry Potter is the Order of Merlin and Merlin's magic i.e. the Merlin of Arthurian legend, is kind of is kind of the classic magic, quote-unquote, that Westerners have in their storytelling. In Christianity, at least you have Jesus, the one Messiah, who is part of the Holy Trinity, but still, again, that theme of individualism. So, could these two different versions of storytelling and theme expressing actually come together to make to make a convincing anime, something that people would watch? I think so. If you look at Harry Potter right away, you already have a lot of themes that I would almost call quote-unquote tropes in anime. It's like a bunch of building blocks are already set up for us. Oh, that's a cop. Alright, we're good. Uh, we have a high school. Only, you know, a castle high school, but still the idea of a magic high school. A little bit of slice of life. A little bit of coming of age story. A little bit of discovering your sexuality. They don't get into that in Harry Potter until... They're all basically legal, which I must say was a big relief, especially going back as you really didn't bring in the characters making out with each other until book six, which I'm pretty sure then they're old enough to at least be kissing each other.
would Hermione make a good tsundere? What kind of anime girl would Hermione be? Would she be... Definitely not a yandere. She... I actually don't know if there are any tsundere's in Harry Potter. Huh. How about that? Ron's a tsundere, probably. I'd watch it. This, going back to this idea of Western and Eastern idea integration. Anime has done it before. Using a very Westernized view of magic as opposed to Eastern spiritualism with priests and ancestors and so on and so forth. The main one that I can think of being Kiki's Delivery Service had a almost too orthodox view of Western magic, all the with witches and double double toil and trouble, eye of newt and toe of frog and that kind of stuff. Very very good show, very very timeless classic, but definitely integrating with a western view of magic. So, integration can happen, but is there anything in Harry Potter stopping it from being an anime? I think for specifically Harry Potter, not really. The only big difference is the nature, is the western nature of the protagonist versus the eastern nature of most of most anime that's that storytelling may cause some difficulties but apart from that i think it should be good i don't know what do you guys think feel free to discuss it with me Sorry if this got a little rambly. Sorry for, for periods of silence. I was kind of going for a stream of consciousness thing. Focused on my driving and just kind of let my mouth run for a little while. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, also let me know. And then we can continue or not as we go along. I got a long-ass commute to work in the morning, so... I could probably do these once a week, twice a week, probably no more than twice a week, just because I don't want to scrape the bottom of the barrel or anything. I can even talk about shows that I might watch that Urkel might not have time to, because he's busy, and I have less of a life than him, and I have a lot of free time, at least on the drive, where I can just kind of chat and chat and chat. Oh yeah, sorry. I can talk about shows that Urkel might not have had time to watch. Like, I'd love to discuss Kuroko no Basket. Or... I might do a Bleach one. 
I don't know if I want to go back all the way through Bleach, but I can get a plot synopsis, kind of a refresher, of course. Uh, Haikyuu, the volleyball one. That one could be worth talking about. Lots of good shows with... That might just run a little too long for Boca de Gallo, especially on a one-month time schedule. Because... got lives, family. Sorry about that. Especially Urkel. Urkel is very involved with bands and music. But anyways, I should wrap this up. This is gonna run around 15 minutes long. So just a nice little short thing. Update on Boca de Gallo. We have gotten your guys' feedback. Uh, we want to apologize. The last episode that came up was the Fate Zero episode. And, again, we're still in beta, so so kinks are need to be worked out. But next time, we're going to shoot for this to be a lot closer to an hour, or an hour and 15 minutes, something like that. And try to keep our points a little more concise. We're going to drop the in-depth voice actor analysis at the beginning, where we ran over. That was just something I thought I'd try. I'll take the L on this one. Something I'd... I thought I'd feel out, see if it worked, because I love seeing the voice actor connection between shows and being like, oh, hey, that's the guy that was in this thing, or, oh, that that guy was great here, and now he's here. Just kind of fun to see the connections, but one of our beta listeners brought up a very good point in that that is technically stuff that you can just Google. So, as far as strict information stuff, probably just keep it to studio, director, some related works and airing dates. It's just like five minutes at the beginning for informational stuff. Things like that. And I have been very active, we have been very active, about helping you guys listen to Boca de Gallo on more platforms a little more easily. Uh, We are up on iTunes and Google Play for sure. Definitely up on Spotify. I am almost certain they're up on Stitcher. I'm trying to get us up on TuneIn right now, but I got an email saying there were some difficulties and yada, yada, yada. So I'll check in on that again. But also our RSS feed should be available somewhere, but if it's not, DM me on Twitter and I'll I'll just post it on Twitter. If you want to hook it up to something like Podcast Republic. I haven't actually figured out how to publish on Podcast Republic yet, but it can't be that bad. Otherwise, what, what I would really encourage you guys to do right now is to follow us on Facebook at the Boca de Gallo fan page. You can find us by the cute little tomato icon, which, which a gal named Emma from Gustavus Adolphus College made for us. And it is absolutely adorable, and I love it. So big shout-out to her for making that thing. It's super, super awesome. And following us on Twitter as well, at BokuGayo, B-O-K-U-G-A-L-L-O, at BokuGayo. And I post there every time we put up a new track. 
things like that. I think that I'm the only person who's following the Twitter at the current moment. So, if you want to go follow the Twitter and make it feel a little less masturbatory of me just liking all my own posts and that's it, that'd be great. But, on that, I hope you guys have a great day. And since I'm recording this in January, Happy New Year. Be well.